Hello, 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 and welcome along to our Fabulous Flowers podcast, episode number eight, with me, Lucy Nolan, and our source of flowery inspiration, celebrity florist, Paulie Hawkins. Paulie, how are you? I'm very well, Lucy. Lovely to hear your dulcet tones on this sunny day. Um, Yes, very, very good indeed. How are you? What have you been up to? Oh, well, today, glad you asked, I have actually... Mm -hmm. We've been um, doing a little bit of garden maintenance as we have a little bit of uh, rain on the way, which would be lovely for the garden. So I've been doing a little bit of pruning of my roses and a little bit of tying back so they don't waft about in the in the wind, which I know roses hate. Mm. Oh, yes, so they, don't, they don't like all that buffeting about, do they? It's not good for them. No one likes a buffet. What have you been up to? Well, I'm just down in Sussex and I went to our lovely little farm shop and bought... I completely cheated and bought a lovely big pavlova meringue case that a local lovely farmer's wife makes. And I'm going to cheat and fling lots of strawberries and raspberries and double cream in it for pudding tonight. So that's my big delicious summary thing in the pipeline. Good idea. And if I were you, I'd hide the packaging in the recycling yeah. up, upside down so no one can see it came from the farm shop. And, and then claim uh, absolutely exactly as though you made it yourself slaving over a meringue stove oh yes separating the eggs and you know the meringue eggy thing you know mm. no yolks and the white of the egg oh, peaks peaky peaks good. of the meringue good. lovely so uh let's dive in let's 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 start floraling um where are we going this week paulie absolutely lucy and this week i've chosen an absolute favorite that makes everyone think of lovely gardens and wistful loveliness it is the loveliness, which is lavender, the lavender plant. Oh, yes. Yeah, beautiful. And to give it its Latin name, Lanicera periclinium, if you please. Oh, my word. I, oh, I uh, bet you had to practice that one, did you, Paulie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to the doctor. Anyway, anyway it's, mm. it's, it's the lovely, lovely lavender plant, and it's just heaven, heaven. Yes, such a versatile plant. I've got some in my garden, actually. Um, so I shall be very much looking forward to hearing about that. I love it when anybody walks down the garden path and brushes past it because it always seems to just release that wonderful scent and it wafts about for ages. Oh, I love it. I was I was mowing the, gla the, glass, the grass earlier and, and I accidentally mowed over a little bit of lavender and the scent. The combination mm. of the mowed lawn and the lavender, it was just kind of, you know, summer heaven. So, Oh, I think but, I would, in fact, have laid down on the lawn there and just had a moment there. Uh, I know, a certain sort of well-known sort of fumery should have bottled that up mm. and sold it, cut grass and lavender. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I love it. I mean, I, I love, love, love using it as a florist. I use it, you know, different decorative displays and uh, it's just such an unmistakable scent. It's reassuring it's calming it's mm. it's aromatic and evocative soporific and all those words rolled into one i just Golly. adore it <laughs> but i think of those beautiful everlasting long lines of purple lavender fields in provence mm. it's just so sort of that that beautiful soft color um and then again in our english stately homes buzzing with bees and lovely other pollinating insects it's mm. i mean it's such a great addition to any garden or outside space and and pots windowsills i mean you name it and, mm. and you love it in your garden do you see i do i absolutely love it in my garden yes absolutely oh it's so gorgeous but i mean my two favorite ones that i'd grow would be hidcut or lavender or, or lavender or munstered lavender hidcut or munstered hidcut coming from the stately home in gloucestershire where it was born and bred, mm -hmm. um, then Munstead coming from Gertrude Jekyll, the famous gardener. 
coming from her house. Oh, yeah. there's um. Did you not mention Gertrude Jekyll Roses in our in our last Rose podcast? Is that is that did I dream that? You're being a bit of a Miss Marvel today, Lucy. You're absolutely right. It's a oh god. If anyone wants a heavenly good deep pink flowering disease resistant scented rose, it's Gertrude Jekyll. Amazing. Mm. Mm. Just wanted to let you know I was paying attention there. <laughs> good, good. Yes, you can get a, a gold star for that, Lucy. But yeah, I know Munstead. But she lived in a house called Munstead Wood. And, and growing up, my parents had a house next door, actually, a house called Munstead Platt. And my brother and I was used to play truant in the garden of Munstead Wood. And I will never forget the smell of those roses. And back to the lavender, the lavender there, Munstead mm. Lavender, born and bred at Munstead Wood, Gertrude Cheekle's house. Lovely. But... Um, but as a florist, I, it's my definite go-to for high summer parties and weddings. I mean, it never fails. It is a herb, um, mm. and it comes in many shades of deep, deep lavender, to lovely pale lilac colour, and if lilac shades and colours. But it's actually quite well. It's rather chic um, if you want to be a bit stylish and a bit kind of south of France. But mm. um, I do quite like that French lavender. The ones with have you seen this one with the mad sort of rabbity ears? No, I, I don't. I don't think I have. Oh, it's really. It's called French lavender. Look that up, Lucy. And it's got these sort mm. of mad, sticky, outy ears on it. Um, looks gone a bit crazy, but um, sounds sweet. But I just love it in my work. You know, for, for what I call tablescaping, mm-hmm. in pop willy nilly down the tables, and it's just a, such a lovely thing for a client to have at a party because at the end of the evening they can either give them away as prezies, you know, to friends or plant them in their garden so it's a wonderful sustainable floral decoration um plant for for tablescaping and table decorations um Mm. also another thing i like to do is tie it into little bunches quite fiddly um tie it into little bunches with raffia with a little knot Mm. and tie it onto each napkin and that's a lovely sort of caring sharing lovely thing for a party um oh it suits i mean and, and then in a lovely cool church as a pew end beautiful Yes. And then keep it afterwards, a lovely keepsake covered in your knicker drawer. Um, and another one, another one is my favourite thing in church, is scatter it on the floor of the church. Obviously, got a carpet, Vicar won't like you. But if it's a lovely old church with lovely, beautiful paved, uh, slabs, scatter it on the church. And as the people walk in, the rosemary and lavender kind of pervades. And, you know, the bride will always think of her wedding when she smells lavender. Oh, that sounds, that sounds absolutely wonderful, Paulie. I'm, I'm loving the idea of the napkins, particularly, actually. That, that sounds really good fun, just to make it look rather like you've bothered and to make it a little bit special if you have people around for a supper or even sitting out in the garden for a summery Sunday lunch. You know, a little bit of lavender tied onto the napkin is a, is a fab idea. Oh, I love that. I love that. And it's just, it, as you say, it's sort of, it says, I care, without being mm-hmm. too, too prissy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, but I'm uh, one of my favourite, um, one of my favourite bridal bouquets I made once was made of solid lavender. So it was made as a hand tied um, bouquet um, and just solid, so a solid dome of of lavender, beautiful, intricate, and you know something that you've never really seen before. It was um, it was quite fiddly. It had to be wired. It was sort of the size of a big cauliflower. Gosh. And, um, you know, the bride just loved lavender. So I said, well, why don't we just do a solid lavender bouquet? And it's it's really, really fab. And what I'm going to do is pop up a little photograph of that when we've um, finished doing this on our Fabulous Flowers TV 
thingy and um yeah. the lovely listeners can um listen to it and then listen to it no they can look at it and mm. enjoy it gosh that sounds amazing it must have been a very striking bouquet and that gorgeous deep uh purple against her i imagine was it a cream or a, or a pale or a white dress of some sort it looked amazing oh it was, i remember it's kind of a really dull beautiful dull's the wrong word a kind of um, oystery sort of um ivory really really beautiful um mm. and it was just so striking yes but, um great no wonderful wonderful but and if you're growing lavender mm. just sorry to sort of you know just want to talk about pruning it because oh yes oh the biggest mistake you can make with lavender is prune beyond the gray foliage into the wood if you go oh. into the wood you're absolutely stuffed it won't grow back so when you're trimming away your lovely you know um spears of lavender mm. should i call them mm. spears Yes. Um, go as far as the grey foliage. Don't go into the wood. Don't go into the mm. don't go into the woods. Um, don't go into the wood because then you'll regret it and the plant won't grow back and you'll be you'll be stuffed. But um, mm. it's a lovely thing to you know, store store in your in your drawers, as I said earlier, um, as it were, Holy. and pop under your pillow for the, good for those insomniac. Mm. Um, okay, that sounds great. And uh, don't I recall you did a really big event with lavender? Is that right, Paulie? I seem to have oh. that hazy memory. Yes, it's sort of slightly bittersweet, Lucy. It was a kind of, I was doing a massive job um, in Tuscany at a huge, beautiful castle, and it was a really hot summer. I'd taken my team down there. The bright, we'd been having meetings for a year job. It was kind of really full on, very, very high maintenance. Lovely client, but very exact that way. Uh, so we, you know, we had trucks of trucks of flowers coming from Holland, endless great big rose trees and amazingness. And it was all olive trees and lemons and very Tuscan bay trees and stunning, stunning. Uh, and the bride loved lavender, so we had lots of lavender plants on order. Everything arrived at the at this beautiful castle in Tuscany, apart from the lavender plants. <gasps> no. You know, the, the, the bride was saying, oh, I'm so excited about the lavender plants. And, you know, then she walked into the room where it was all going on and we were all putting it together. And she went, oh, where are the lavender plants? And I said, oh, they're on their way, you know. And they, I'm they... actually I'm actually sitting here breaking out in a bit of a hot sweat just thinking about this, Paulie. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, it wasn't what happened? That... Well, I had to make lots of emergency phone calls to Holland and my, my suppliers were so amazing, so brilliant, so loyal managed to kind of somehow get a superhero lorry down and we just added them to the table decorations at the last minute and it was all oh, fine. Dear but it was, it was really unrelaxing. Bet you needed a big glass of something cold to get over the shock of that one once everybody had seated around the lavender. One or two, I think. Mm. Yeah, or three. No, <laughs> it's funny, actually. Yeah, I bet. Or five. What? Um, anyway, moving on. Um, so I'll tell you what lavender always makes me think of, and you're going to think, it makes me think of a nursery rhyme. Do you know the nursery rhyme I'm thinking about? Oh, are you going to sing one? Yes. Shall I? Shall I? Ready? Go. Oh, the voice might be on to me after this, but, you know, wait one. Stand by, everyone. <laughs> Lavender's blue, dilly dilly, lavender's green. When I am king, dilly dilly, you shall be queen. I can't remember the rest of it, but I do remember that from a nursery rhyme book. Oh, I love that, Lucy. Thank you. I'm feeling very soporific and mm, thank myself so... be queen. Yes, you can be queen. That's of course you can be queen. Um, I looked it up actually, and when it was first written, it was um, actually they found uh, versions of it in sixteen seventy two, so sixteen ninety seven, somewhere around there. 
and they found it written on a broadside, which is a single sheet of inexpensive paper, usually printed on one side with a ballad or a rhyme. And I and sometimes it has a, a woodcut illustration. So I imagine that would have been a really lovely little wood-carved illustration with the lavender's um, blue dilly-dilly written alongside. And I just really love that little lavender reference there. I love that, Lucy. How charming and enchanting. Gorgeous. Hmm. So um, I loved that job as well, although I'm still slightly getting over the lack of lavender, but moving on. Um, let's move to our messages, symbolism, language of flowers and fun floriography facts. Um, this week, everybody, we have been researching and uncovering interesting and fun facts about um, another gardener's staple, actually, and a very much loved plant, honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. It's just one of those charming and, as I said, enchanting. It is enchanting. It's got that slightly sort of wildy, sort of Shakespearean, you know, Titania's lair sort of feeling mm. about it. Um, mm. It originated predominantly in China, mm. and there are around 180 different varieties of honeysuckle. Gosh. 40 species of honeysuckle grown in Europe and North Africa alone. Gosh. Many, many different types. I know. Amazing. Many different types. White honeysuckle, coral, which we see quite a bit of with that. Mm. Um, woodbine and trumpet honeysuckle as well. Gosh. Um, yeah, we can be deciduous and evergreen, shrub climbers. Um, I remember having a deciduous one um, and um, no, I had an evergreen one and the frost got it really. But I just love mm. those the tubular two-lipped flowers of mm. beautiful scent. Um, and then they follow, they're followed by these really dark red and black berries, which are slightly mysterious, like sort of deadly nightshade. But yes. um, don't, don't eat them all because some are very not edible. Yes, okay, better check <laughs> but, that. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Only the, the berries known to the, the honeybree shrub. The honeybree mm. shrubs are apparently they're more edible, but don't take my word for it. No. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But all other honeysuckle berries are toxic, eaten in large quantities. So don't get oh. tempted by scoffing on those. Um, me. But always read you know, the label, the honeysuckle label when you're buying mm. and planting. But um, it, uh, it is the symbol of love, Lucy. Lovely, uh, like that. Yes, fluttering of the hearts there. Mm. In the language of flowers, it stands for the bond of love. Devoted love, fidelity, probably because, the, the, because of the Greeks um, who invented everything, didn't they? Yes, um, the legend of Daphnis and Chloe. Oh. Daphnis and Chloe were lovers. Very sadly, they lived apart and could only see each other while the honeysuckle bloomed. Mm. Daphnis asked the god of love if the plant could bloom for a longer season, for longer, longer than a season, so they could be together for a little bit longer, which is why, according to legend, honeysuckle blooms continually throughout the warm weather periods. Oh, that's it? nice. Yeah, very nice. But it is, it is, it, in that smell, it is, it does make you feel rather romantic, I have to say, but it's um, mm. quite a few little superstitious things. Um, when you have honeysuckle plant growing in your garden, it works to protect your garden against evil things, evil spirits, um, essentially mm. because of the sweet smelling blossoms. And they're believed to induce dreams, particularly about love and passion. So um, people also used to believe that if honeysuckle is brought into the house when it's in bloom, a wedding will soon take place in that very household. Oh, my word. That's fun. I love that. <laughs> I, 
I've got a few fun facts here myself as well. I found out that in herbalism and medicine, the nectar in honeysuckle was a popular remedy for a cough. And many herbal-based cough medicines today, in fact, often have honeysuckle ingredients mixed into them. It can also be used as a natural antibiotic for things like uh, minor skin infections. And taken in water, I suppose, put in hot water, honeysuckle can make a tea that is good for treating mild asthma symptoms. And also a sort of cold infusion of the cold version of the tea can be dabbed on um, as a disinfectant for cuts and scratches. Who knew that honeysuckle could have all those wonderful properties? Um, in numerology, which is something new I haven't alighted upon before, I found out that um, number three, honeysuckle is associated with number three, and number three is associated with happiness. So that's all very, very lovely, don't you think, Paulie? Oh, do you know what? We're all about, I, I planted one in the garden last week, and I've just looked at it, and it's just shut up this little arch, and I'm just going to be, I'm going to be having a cold infusion with it, but next time I have mm. a little little graze or a cut, fabulous. Great. Wow, wow, wow. And I just, there's also, there are a few literary references as well, honeysuckle, mm. um, in Shakespearean times, known as woodbine, not not the cigarette, um, oh, yeah. lovely tobacco. <laughs> and it's still used today, the name woodbine, but it's it's used how to describe very different climbing plants and creepers in, in, in Shakespearean plays. For instance, in A Midsummer Night's Dream, the wonderful mm. Titania says, mm. so doth the woodbine sweet honeysuckle and twist. And twist, isn't that lovely? Yeah. This seems to be describing the honeysuckle as the flowers of the woodbine plant. So woodbine was originally also honeysuckle. Lovely. Oh, lovely, love lovely. And just a little tip on honeysuckle care, if you do have some in your garden. Mm. In general, a great tip for gardens with honeysuckle yeah. is not all varieties require pruning. Okay. Mm. Some benefit from a slight trim or thinning out in late winter or early spring. And some can be left alone completely. So do check your own variety before getting out the shears. Mm. But if your plant becomes a mass of tangled stems at the base, then it will most, most definitely benefit from a hard and severe pruning in early spring. Yeah. Mm. OK. Well, that's good to know. That's very good to know. Um, loving the tips for gardeners. And obviously, always I love a bit of a Shakespeare reference, Paulie. You know that, Midsummer Night mm. Dream. Yes. And in fact, my gorgeous kids all went to the most wonderful little prep school in West Sussex called Cumnor House School. Mm. And every year it was traditional for the leavers in year eight to put on a Shakespeare play. And they had this kind of tiny little open air theatre. When I say theatre, it was more like a sort of patch of grass. But you had to walk through this big laurel hedge to, to get to it. So it was like a secret stage. And when we first joined the school, my boys were only in year three and year four, so quite young. They needed some fairies for the Midsummer Night's Dream um, cast. And they always used to use the, the younger years to make the fairies. So particularly, they used kids with red hair. And as you know, Paulie, my gorgeous red-headed Rory um, and my copper-tinted curled Oscar fitted that bill rather well. So when they were cast as fairies in their, I think they must have been sort of six and seven maybe, they had swathes of cream honeysuckle and peacock feathers woven through their red hair. And to be honest, it looked absolutely and completely incredible. Although I'm sure now, as they're both well over six foot, I wouldn't get near them with any honeysuckle now. But I do have some wonderful photos. 
Oh, I was going to say, I hope you got a photograph. That sounds absolutely mesmerising. Mm, it was. It was. Fond memories, fond memories. I bet um, you were a proud, proud mummy that night. I was very proud, very proud. So, moving on now to um, our Facebook page, we had a lovely message from Louisa Belly, who is a regular Fabulous Flower TV podcast and YouTube subscriber. Thank you mm -hmm. very much, Lisa, for that. Um, she sent in a little message and it said, I have a variegated honeysuckle in my garden and I want to know what the difference between the variegated leaves and the plain leaves are. So I did a bit of research for you there, Louisa, and it would seem that there's a couple of possibilities. One is um, your honeysuckle is a Japanese honeysuckle called Mint Crisp, and that has mm -hmm. variegated leaves, yeah. The other... Um, possibility was that the color can actually change in the leaves so they can become variegated having originally been all green and that's due to the lack of green pigment chlorophyll in some of the plant cells and it's just generally a cell mutation and it can be quite random so I uh, hope that helps and I hope that answers your question thank you very much Louisa I have to say that's fascinating. I, Professor Lucy, I'm going to have to call you that. That was really, really interesting. And how lovely of Louisa to um, write in that little question about that. Mm. But I, I, love, I, I love getting questions from our Fabulous Flower TV followers and the subscribers because it's just interesting to hear their little conund floral conundrums and also see what they're actually doing, their little arrangements they're sending in, which I adore. And we've actually had a very lovely one from Sophie Minoprio, if I'm pronouncing her name properly, in West Kent. Um, she sent in a lovely, lovely arrangement of, with her, just using her Tesco tulips. Um, and she's made a really super, super arrangement using our instructional video over on the YouTube channel, just mm. popping some tulips with some foliage. And she's mm. done a really fabulous effort. Brilliant mm. work, Sophie. Lovely to see. And um, we've also had a lovely other one from um, Sarah Keegan, also in Sussex. Um, well, this album was Kent, I think. Beautiful sweet peas in the most lovely, lovely green vase. Have you seen that one with the green vase? Yes, I have seen that one. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Really lovely, lovely. So if anyone wants to have their particular flower featured or their display featured, would like to hear any of my little stories using a particular bloom for any parties or events I've done, do drop us a little line on all the usual channels, Facebook or Instagram or, or both or, or at Fabulous Flowers TV. Brilliant. Absolutely. Always great to hear from our followers. And I'm delighted to say, actually, our Fabulous Flowers TV channel over on YouTube is really starting to fill up with a whole load of great instructional little flowery filmettes with you, Paulie, um, showing, yeah, with you showing us how to make the most of our flowers at home. I myself followed your instructions on the Stocks hand-tied bunch. Um, actually, that was a lot easier than I thought. I've always thought to create something like that would be too difficult. But watching you... And following your instructions, I too was able to make a stocks hand-tied bunch that, ha I have to say, it looked pretty darn good. Oh, well, do you know what? Uh, you, you're a bit of a natural there, Lucy, with the old flowers. But I think it's just being brave and enjoying it as well and thinking, ooh, you know, don't, don't be a slave to the flowers. But, um, mm. oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Yes, well, that was that was a lovely way to spend half an hour, boy, chatting to you. Gosh, it's flown by. Uh, lovely lavender. and wonderful gorgeous honeysuckle dreamy just dreamy and um wonder what we're doing next time what are we doing next time lucy do we know no we never know paulie sure we'll come up with something lovely something a floral fabulous. fancy a floral fancy. floral fancy for fabulous flowers i guess 
for now and until then um end of another great episode thank you so much paulie it's all been wonderful and it's a, a bit of goodbye from me goodbye and a big goodbye from me bye everyone <laughs>